Heidi, our next panel is going to be a Simply Lost panel. And I thought we could just take a, just a, a couple of minutes for you to talk about sibling loss and what's different about sibling loss. This is near and dear to my heart. We saved the best for last, <laughs> <laughs> siblings. I know all of the siblings very well because I've worked with them. They're all extremely involved in the grief and loss world and building awareness for grief and loss. And they've all had a brother or a sister die. I think that uh, my brother died at 17, uh, my mom's son, and my brother and my cousin died together in a car accident. Uh, my brother, my cousin Matthew was driving in the car hydroplaned and hit the side of a bridge. They both died very suddenly and very traumatically. And so I think one of the unique things, mom, is in field that come in, is that we, our loss is often minimized and unacknowledged because a lot of the focus is on our parents. And it's not our parents that really do it. It's society. You know, there's things that are said, and I know that the panel will really bring this up and hear all my great siblings come. I love it. You know, we are, we are told, you know, be strong for our parents. And the worst loss that can ever happen is the death of a child. So to some extent, we don't even feel like we have the right to our loss oftentimes. And we are worried about our parents because our parents are doing, as Jordan says, just about as poorly as we are. We want to introduce our moderator and thank you so much, Cindy, for being our moderator. Uh, Cindy is a clinical social worker and after the death of her brother, Dennis, she knew that there were other bereaved siblings whose grief was overlooked. She's worked for the Compassionate Friends as a workshop preventer and serves as a member of the board of directors of Compassionate Friends. And I'll have to put in right now as a parent watching her and how she brings people in and deals with siblings. It's absolutely magic. So thank you for moderating this panel and being on it. Heidi, you want to introduce the rest of the panel? Cindy is our sibling rep at the Compassionate Friends. She is our go-to person and her brother Dennis died. And how much do I love that all these are guys on this panel and that your brother Dennis died. It's like all my sibling brothers, you know, and it takes a lot of them to fill the void that Dennis left and they still, you know, there's parts of them that will never be filled. So I love that we've got this panel today. Okay, this is in no order because these are the most dynamic, amazing siblings. And there's no way I could put them in order. I'm just gonna read what I have on my hand. Um, okay, Jason Wendra Franicki. Jason, raise your hand, there he is. Jason is a certified yoga educator with a master's degree in psychology. He is an entrepreneur and business owner and co-founded Shine Yoga Center in New Jersey. Jason draws on over 20 years of experience living a holistic lifestyle. He lost his sister, Lauren, in a car accident. And in November, he will be launching his podcast, Small Pieces, Big Picture. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much. Okay, next we have Jordan. Uh, Jordan Ferber. Jordan is a comedian, podcaster, and public speaker. His brother, Russell, was killed in a car accident. Since then, Jordan has become a much needed voice in the bereavement community, working with the Compassionate Friends, both locally and nationally, as well as hosting the popular podcast, Where's the Grief? He and his family run the Russell Ferber Foundation, which provides scholarships to the Culinary Institute of America and produces a yearly comedy benefit show, which is very funny. I've been many times. Highly recommend. Welcome, Jordan. Waka waka. <laughs> Next, we have Jason Stout. Jason, where's Jason? There's Jason. Jason experienced the death of his sister, his father, and the murder of his grandmother. In honor of his dad and sister, Jason created a national wilderness program for at-risk and grieving teens, which has been featured in publications including Backpacker Magazine, the Denver Post, and the Associated Press. 
He now serves as an advisor to several, several programs, including the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. I'm on their advisory board as well. Outward Bound, which I'm giving a big shout out for because it changed my life after my brother died. And Open Sky Wilderness Therapy. Welcome, Jason. Okay, next we have Chris Lorenko, AKA Dr. Chris. He lost both of his brothers at age nine when they were electrocuted in front of him in a boating accident. Today, he is actively involved in the Compassionate Friends as a workshop presenter and a panel member. He also serves on the National Board of Directors at the Compassionate Friends, which I love. Um, and he is a professor of mathematics at the US Naval Academy. Welcome, Chris. Hey. I've known Chris since he was about 10 years old and now look at him. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, we've got Xander right in the middle of my screen. Xander Sprague. Okay, so Xander is an internationally acclaimed author, speaker, grief coach, and licensed professional clinical counselor. After Xander's sister was murdered, he found that he alone had to choose a positive pathway to healing and recovery. He is the author of Making Lemonade, Choosing a Positive Pathway After Losing Your Sibling, and his latest book is Why Don't They Cry? Understanding Your Living Child's Grief. Welcome, everybody. And I just want to say one more thing. Love it. Love that you're out there. For everybody out there that's listening, these are your go-to people. If you have questions, if you need support around sibling loss, this is it. I'm turning it over to my dynamic stars here. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. Yes, Cindy, you're muted for some reason. <laughs> Is it unmuted now? Yes. Now, yes. Excellent. Okay, good. Finally, so welcome everybody. I've got a few questions for the panel members. Um, I know Heidi mentioned it, Gloria mentioned it. Um, sibling grief is definitely often overlooked. Um, Heidi and I love to go to the Forgotten Mourners, the nickname that we earned many years ago as bereaved siblings. Um, so kind of going off of that being the Forgotten Mourners, um, did any one of you all, and I'll let any of you chime in, did you ever come to a point in your grief that you felt understood or validated by others? Only once I started going to TCF, uh, in, in all honesty. Uh, that's where I found that people, people got it. And it, it was like coming home. It's also the thank you. I feel like it's also the place where I found my vocabulary to talk about it and get comfortable talking about it with people that weren't from TCF, like, you know, finding a way to let people know that I needed it to be acknowledged outside of that space as well. That's where, I, you know, TCF is really where I found the vocabulary to talk about it. For me, I didn't even realize that I was supposed to, like, I didn't even know what being a bereaved sibling was and I thought oh I'm just supposed to take care of my parents and that's what I'm supposed to do as a child and so I didn't even realize for many many years that I actually have to take care of my own uh, mental and emotional health first before I could even take you know take care of my parents I have to put on my oxygen mask before helping others you know awesome Jason well I think it's 
my experience was a little different because my first experience that I, I, you know, when I was in college, I actually was sent to a therapist because I was having a grief burst. That's what I call it now. That's what it was. But I was having panic attacks. My sister had died when I was four, but I was just having, a, I was struggling in college. I would do, do a, okay. And then I would just say, so I was sent to a therapist and she says, one of her first questions, have you had someone you love die? And it just, I gushed and it was just this huge release. And I mean, this is 20 years later. All right. And then I would say that the first experience that I walked into a place where it was all people that had sibling death loss was TCF in Boston. And, and I was there putting facilitating something, but it hit me pretty hard. I was also a participant at that point, but it was incredible just to have, there was more than a hundred people that were siblings and, and just, it is a different experience. It is. Yes. Chris? I would say, um, I would second what everyone else has been saying in that I never really felt validated until um, going to Compassionate Friends. I know for me personally, uh, I had all the typical things said to me, even at, you know, nine and 10 years old of being strong for your family, being strong for your parents, all of those things. So I think the Compassionate Friends was the first place that just let me grieve on my own without having to try to put on a strong face for other people. Yes, absolutely. And that leads me to something I think I've seen flash by in one of the comments, which was really quickly, what is TCF? TCF is the Compassionate Friends, um, another grief organization for bereaved parents, bereaved siblings, and bereaved grandparents. Um, and we can give more information at the end about that, about our organization. Um, and what all my panelists just answered was the next little question. So I'm not I'm going to skip over that one. And that was, was it another bereaved sibling that you felt understood your grief. Every one of the panelists leaned towards, yes, it was another bereaved sibling that made me feel like, I think Xander used the word home. So remember that if you are a bereaved sibling, finding another bereaved sibling to better understand what, you've got, what you are going through. So the next question would be, what would be the one piece of advice you could give to bereaved parents with surviving children that are now also bereaved siblings? Well, I think I'll jump on. Um, piece of advice is make sure that you're acknowledging their loss that because our, as Heidi says, our sibling relationship is the longest one we have in our life. And to not have that acknowledged by anyone is really very devastating. So I think it, it's important as a parent to make sure that you're acknowledging that they too have experienced a loss. I'll, I'll jump in next and I'll say, um, one of the most common things I've heard over the years is that um, parents who have surviving um, children they will say, well, my child is not talking to me. And that's perfectly normal. So one piece of advice I would give you is just because your child is not talking to you doesn't mean they are not talking to someone. I would suggest telling them about some of the resources that exist. Um, you know, there, there are um, Facebook groups, there's online chat, there's um, Zoom groups, all kinds of things that give siblings a chance to talk to other siblings. 
in a um, safe environment. And I would say that's the most common kind of um, concern that I hear is about talking. And just me personally, I mean, it's been almost 20 years since my brother's passed. And I've never really sat down and had a talk with my parents about grief in 20 years. So it's perfectly normal not to have that conversation with your parents. And uh, don't be worried if they are not talking to you about how they feel. Great advice. Anyone else want to jump in? Well, I'll just throw something, a couple of things in real quick. I think that I, I come from that perspective of being a young person, very young when my sister Maria died. Um, and it is something I have carried with me. It was a seed that was fear. It was this misunderstanding. My parents tried to protect me. So I wasn't part of the funeral. But I, I think it's really important to have open and honest conversations, even if they're tough. And I also would like to say, create family rituals and ceremonies together. Go out in nature together and do those things, but come together and show them how you're going to memorialize and mourn. I, I agree. I think I, I like that as well. And I think it's also important just to make sure that you keep everybody involved and in, included in, you know, how we talk about stuff, how we plan things. I always feel like there's always that sense that people, I, I always hear the story of, of uh, parents who have sort of deified their, their child who died and they have a, a shrine and all sorts of uh, you know, things that, that, that go out of their way to honor that, per, that child that died and they don't have the same level of interaction with the child that's still alive. And so it's important, I think, to make sure that you also are engaged in, you know, their day-to-days as well, that, you're, that you champion them, that you, that you, you know, make, make a point of letting them know that they're still important to you as well on a base level. I think that, you know, seems like a common sense kind of thing, but when we're all in our little grief bubble, sometimes those kind of things can fall through the cracks. For Absolutely. me, for me, it's actually two things. One is don't make the assumption that the way your child is going to be grieving is the same way as you. So like my parents needed a very talk related therapy to help them. For me, I needed something very physical. So which I, which is why I teach yoga and meditation and mindfulness is because that's really what worked for me. I needed a physical outlet. Um, and the, <clears throat> the other piece is just watching if you're, make sure you're not being overly protective as, or the opposite way or pulling back completely uh, because you know I with my parents it was either like call me every five minutes or it was a pullback where I completely lost them as well as my sister for a while um, so just notice how you're reacting and responding with your your, your child that's still alive thank you anyone else yeah, I just wanted to add quickly that I also think it's really important to uh, tell stories, share stories about about the, your sibling, your son or daughter. Um, as Jordan, I believe Jordan said, don't don't deify the the dead person. Um, and what I like to tell people is celebrate the rainbow that was their life, not just the dot at the end that is their death. My sister Lucy was 30 years old. There's 30 years of beautiful memories and stuff for me to share with, with my parents and, and my parents to share with me. And I think that's just so important to really celebrate their whole life. Absolutely. And if also, no one else, also just also keep in mind that, you know, the, your relationship with your children is, is what, what the relationship that you had before the loss is going to be the same kind of relationship that you have after the loss. So if you weren't, particularly 
open and talkative about, you know, your feelings and emotional state before this, it's not going to suddenly all of it, you know, to turn into uh, a, a thing where, where they, where they come to you all the time. I know for me, I was never the type of person that was ever going to talk about my feelings with anybody. My parents were the ones that told me about TCF and I ultimately started going just to get them to shut up about it. Right. And now I run my group and they don't come. So it's the irony of that is not lost on me. The persistence yeah. was there. Yeah, absolutely. I get that too. I'm in that same boat, Jordan. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to skip anybody, but I want to make sure we get in some of these questions real quick. If you could give hope to your younger self during the first year or two of the grief and all of these panel members, to include myself, have to think quite a few years back. Okay. If you could give hope to your younger self during the first year or two of your grief, what would you tell yourself? Besides buy stock in Zoom? <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is I, I, advice is a hard thing. And I feel like, you know, it's hard to take advice in when we're in that state in the, in the beginning. I don't know if there's anything I could have told myself that would have changed the way that I did things in the beginning, because I was really kind of grasping at straws in the dark and just trying to do my best to, to, to stay, you know, to keep my head above water. So I don't know, but I think obviously the one thing is to remind myself that every day is its own battle. And you just got to keep getting up and putting one foot in front of the other. And, uh, you know, with time, things get more manageable. Um, I think in the beginning, it's hard to recognize that things may change or that there is anything that is going to be helpful. Um, I, I like to be open to the possibility that things can get better. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyone else? Yeah, I, I would say uh, my piece of advice to, to my younger grieving self is uh, that I have a choice every day as to whether I want to talk about my loss or not. Um, because I, I found in my journey that that was very empowering that I could define my loss, it didn't have to define me. Good, I like that. I like that. Anyone else? Yeah, I'll jump in. And what I what, what I'm going to say may sound kind of a little harsh, but it's nobody's going to come to save me. Like it is my responsibility to do the work on myself for my own grief, and that you know, like I have to put the work in. And is it hard? Absolutely, uh, but. You may, you're going to need to find your own way in which to do it because back in the day, there was very little option as far as resources, as, even as far as peer support, as even far as therapy models. So I had to actually create my own, uh, my own way of healing myself uh, and put that work in. So what you may think may be the way to go, you may have to create like something that works for you. Great. Anyone else want to chime in? I would just like real that. quickly add that um, I'm also a, a proponent of it, it does get better over time. I think that um, it's hard to see that without, you know, doing all the hard work that everyone is talking about of, of, of trying to deal with your loss. But I do think that things get better as, as time goes on. And I, I feel like um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, of, um, I've, I, uh, there's a workshop called the gifts of grief that talks about all the things, all the perspective you gained, all the good things that have come out of, um, your grief journey. And it's, it's very hard to see that early on, 
But I think, you know, now that I'm 20 years down the road, it has been a very kind, obviously I would rather have my sibling back than be here, but um, I have gained a lot of perspective and I've learned a lot of things. And I found that to be a, a very great thing from going down the road that things do get better and that you can give back to others. Absolutely. I think I would agree with all of you. And I'm going to chime in and say on this one, I want to chime in and say, find your people, find those people that truly understand you, find those people that aren't scared to give you a hug, find those people that you can pick up the phone and call at 2 a.m. Because even 20 years down the road, it may not have been the best night. So find your people. Last question of the panel is what has been the most helpful along your grief journey? Well, I'll just I mean, well, go ahead. I'll just piggyback right off of what Cindy said that finding your people has been the most helpful to me, having people to talk to. Um, I shared a story a, a, a few months ago about how I was watching um, a TV show on Netflix, and there was a scene in the show where uh, someone's brother died and they named their baby after their deceased brother. And just seeing that scene, it really hit me. And having someone that I could call and be like, hey, I just saw this. And it's crazy, but it, it really it really affected me. Um, that was very helpful. And it still is helpful all these years later. So I think um, just totally piggybacking off, piggybacking off of what Cindy said of finding your people has been the most helpful for me. I would agree. I mean, I think the stuff that we were talking about earlier about TCF, I mean, Compassionate Friends is not the only peer support group out there. There's, you know, I feel like peer support for me has been the most impactful because it's really the place, like I said before, where I found the vocabulary to talk about this stuff um, and found a, a place where I where talking about it was accepted, where my my struggle was acknowledged, um, where it wasn't about anybody but my own journey. and. Um, it, it there's really no substitute for having that type of acknowledgement and that kind of uh you know when when people really see who you are and 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 accept you and it's so hard to, to talk to people that haven't been through a loss like this because it makes people really people get really weird about having the conversation it, it, our, your 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 contact list changes so much after a loss like this and it's hard to let go of people that no longer serve a purpose in your life or who are actively working against what you're trying to do. Um, but I always feel like it's definitely quality over quantity. Um, and the, the one of the few real silver linings, I think, uh, uh, during this process for me is really the perspective that I've gained of, of recognizing who really is there for me and who are the people that I want to make sure that I keep in my life and that I have to make a, a, an effort to uh, make sure that they know where I'm coming from. Good, thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, I would say, I'm sorry, Jason. You I'll go after you. No, you go, Xander. All right, no, I, I was gonna say that um, something that was really helpful for me was to find um, ways to honor uh, Lucy um, in positive ways. Um, my family supports a lot of nonprofits through a foundation we started in her memory. And that's been really helpful for me to be able to do good things in her memory versus just always focusing on the fact that, that she, she died. Um, also, uh, my own personal creative projects of create, uh, creating some videos 
uh, writing some books and stuff has been really helpful for me to be able to process um, and and share my experience for other with, with others. Awesome, thank you, Xander. Jason. So I, I mean, it was I I bottled so much of my, that my grief up when I was a, a kid, when I was a teenager into my young adult years. And it was really hands down when I started going out into nature, it was like this, it just poured out of me. It was just, it reshaped the way I was seeing the world. And uh, just, I felt a, an existence of something so much bigger and it was so comforting. And then just to, and on top of that, it was taking that and then turning that into a purpose like serving others and, and taking others out and really making meaning from that death loss and then making it part of my life where I could serve others is really got me through. I can't always be happy, but I can always have purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, I can't thank you enough. Um, I think maybe if Heidi would come back on, then, then if we have any questions, we can answer any questions, but before we end, I'm going to tell the panel that, and, or tell everybody that's watching, that every one of these members on this panel, they are like brothers to me. When Heidi said that in the beginning, they're, they're my adopted brothers. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that, they're part of the ones that I could call on any time of day, any time of night, if needed. And I promise you, just about every one of these on this call, um, when I get through talking to them, I will tell them, I love you. That's just what we do. They are my people. The loss of a loved one can leave you feeling depressed, angry, alone, lost. But you don't have to face this journey on your own. Open to Hope is a free community for anyone who has experienced loss. Find support. Find help. Find Hope. Give grief a voice at opentohope.com.